Hello and welcome to Great Culture, the podcast where three women drink wine, talk about feminism and pop culture. I'm Alex. I'm Kim. And I'm Sam. Hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about witches, seeing as it's October and it is the maximum spoopy period of the year. Spoopy! (laughs) Oh, it's spoopy. So yeah, we're going to be talking about witches, the history of witches, and the various representation of witches in pop culture, and also what that means about women. Um, So, we're going to get into that in a minute, but before we do, Kim, you have some wine, it is open, do you want to tell us what it is and why it's here? I do, yes. (laughs) Um, It's here so we can drink it. It's red. Um, The end. No. The, the optimum witch <laughs> colour. Yes. Um, so this is the uh, Terre de Lune 2015 from uh, Domaine la Région Remagien. No. Remagien. Remagien. What you said. Why are you so good at French accents? Because I'm good like, at imitating things. I did not know this about you. <laughs> like up until like we did this podcast. Establish. Sorry, Kim. <laughs> Carry on. You can continue with your French. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Domaine la Remagien. Whatever you said. Um, which is what does that mean Sam uh, uh, Terre is earth uh, it's earth of the moon well done I knew that oh I didn't I was just I testing didn't. you I wanted to see if your French knowledge was as good as your French accent it's a Cote d'Arone it's obviously vegan it was purchased at Wolf Wine mm-hmm. and I oh. have some very so it's probably overpriced yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I have some uh, very short tasting notes because there are no tasting notes on the bottle. Okay. Um, But the reason that I chose it is that the bottle has a moon on it. Shocker, given the name. It's just like it's a black bottle with a silver moon. It's very... It's very sleek. It's very It's very witchy. It's, you know, like... Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's spoopy. Apparently, it's an exceptional example of higher altitude Syrah from this part of the world, this part of the world being Cote d'Arone. Rhone. It has a fruity nose of dark wild berries. The palate is marked with a mineral freshness and a wild character. A mineral freshness. That the mineral could be freshness literally anything. is putting me off, if I'm honest. Mm. But the uh, dark wild berries and wild character, I'm very intrigued by. I'm here for a wild character. I know. I know you are. So, um, other than the fact that it's got a moon on the bottle, I also chose it because it's October and I... Suffered through a summer of drinking white wine for you people. Oh, so yeah, it's red wine now. <laughs> red wine time. <laughs> oh, it's got a good. What's it called when it stays legs. on? Yes. Cheers. 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 To legs. To legs. <laughs> we have them. Oh, it's, it's a bit crayony. It smells really feety. <laughs> no, smell it. Doesn't it smell like feet? What do your feet smell of? Mine do not smell of red wine. Mine don't smell like oh, this either. Oh gosh, it smells a bit like cheesy. How do you know? You haven't had cheese in I three years. Cheese. <laughs> it's like cheese and bins. <laughs> <laughs> I, for the record, don't think it smells at all like cheese or bins. Okay, I can't so really smell it, and I think that I'm just having a bad smell day. Um, no, it, does, it doesn't. It doesn't have a strong have aroma. A strong, it is a bit waxy though. That does. It. You know what? Mm. Actually, I'm not getting the cheese. I'm getting the outside of baby bells. A hint of cheese with some wax. Yeah, I could taste that. I don't. I don't get any of that. Um, I do think it's quite savoury. It doesn't have as much flavour as I wanted it to have. But I've also already drunk half a glass, 
So good enough, Phil. I know. <laughs> um, I think that I think that I'm gonna lip breathe for a bit. So this week we said we're talking about witches uh, because it's October, shocker. Um, So we're going to be talking about the history of witches uh, as much as we know, which mm, I think we know a bit. We might not. We're fully open to being corrected on this. Um, So this is our knowledge of the history of witches and then representations of witches. So that could be anything from Harry Potter to Hocus Pocus, to, um... Stop whooping! (laughs) No, but you just mentioned two things that I enjoy. Yeah, fair enough. Um, To some of the weirder stuff, like Roald Dahl's Witches, and the adaptation Mm -hmm. of that film, which was fucking terrifying. Oh my god, so scary. So terrifying. Um, But we will get into that. And also, what the... Why witches are so often depicted as female, and what that says about society's attitude to women, and how we can see it reflected in witch lore. So... Which is, what do we know about the uh, the history of witchcraft and of witches as, as, a, as a belief, uh, as a, to some people, a tradition and even a spiritual following? Because some people mm. would identify as witches even now. Yeah, I don't know that much about the uh, spiritual side of things, like Wicca and stuff like that. In fact, by don't know that much, I mean, I literally don't know anything and I, I just don't. I'm sorry. Um, so... I only know what I've been told via, you know, pop mm-hmm. culture and shit like that. But in terms of the history of witches, I know just a lot about, um, more about sort of medieval and sort of Tudor period, the, the, um, the mingling of like wise women and witchcraft mm-hmm. and how those things came about and how witchcraft <laughs> became i know a lot about how witchcraft became a uh witch hunt (laughs) (laughs) for lack of a better word uh you know well there wasn't a word for it james well that's the thing they were called wise women and all this sort of stuff like i know i know a fair bit about that due to the books that i read but also a a specific book um which is by stacy stacy ship something some somebody ship um Somebody, somebody. I'm gonna look that up. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's what I know. You guys tell what you know, and then we'll elaborate. Maybe we'll get on the book. Alex, how about you? Um, I mean, I suppose like from history, I know about like kind of the witch hunts of Salem, um, studying drama, like yeah. doing the doing the crucible over and course, over again. Of course. Thank you, Arthur Miller, for nothing. <laughs> um, um, and I suppose I know it's uh grounded in this idea that they are evil and devil worshippers mm-hmm. and fallen women that dance around naked at the full moon round a fire um, and it's usually kind of very sexually driven mm-hmm. I suppose um, and yeah I've read quite a few books about women that either um, is kind of more kind of fairy tale esque and they're they're very much kind of intertwined with this actual magic that's happening in the novel or they've been uh, accused of being a witch and definitely are just a regular person yeah um i think it through history was definitely shrouded in fear both of the villagers 
if you lived in a village or you know usually these stories <laughs> usually are villages. torture yeah. pitchfork yeah, yeah exactly it's panto, yeah it's very yeah. panto uh the villagers Village fearing the witch <laughs> um but also i suppose uh women young and old fearing that they may be accused of being a witch mm-hmm. i also obviously know historically about uh witch trials and all these awful things about like chucking them into a lake and if they sink they were innocent and if they float they're a witch and then if they you're get dead killed you're anyway. innocent yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. um so i suppose quite a lot yeah yeah i know roughly that kind of stuff i think like as a as a teenager i was quite interested in it yeah um, it's, the occult generally i think is quite a fascinating thing for a lot of people just because it's so mysterious so yeah. i think a lot of people gravitate towards it definitely and getting up like getting getting up getting brought up kind of round reading uh there's all those kind of like little tiny like alleyways that sold like interesting things um and you kind of go in there and then you buy like a pentagram necklace because you were like the coolest thing in the world yeah. you're like um, i'm a witch and so I, I suppose i looked into it slightly but not like not very seriously not academically yeah, as exactly. a yeah. Just as a teenager trying to find my way in, in the world. Am I a witch? I, did you find out the name of the book? I did. So um, there is a book about witches by Stacey Schiff, who is an author. Mm-hmm. That's not the one I read. Right. It's the one I wanted to read. Right. But I read Witches, A Tale of Scandal, Sorcery and Seduction by Tracy Borman, um, which is also quite comprehensive and it's similar, but it's um, English based, rather, whereas The Witches by Stacey Schiff is about Salem. Um, yes. The okay. uh, Witches' Tale by Tracy Borman is about uh, to do with like the Pendle witches and things like that. And Tracy Borman is um, a Tudor and Elizabethan scholar, yeah. isn't she? Who's written a yes. lot about yes. exactly. So, yeah. so I just got my um, witch books mixed up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I know <laughs> I know a lot more about the the persecution of witches and then the um, the kind of pleasant law of plant like plant the herbal healer and the and yeah. stuff. The wise woman is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my area. Yeah. Well not not my area. I literally am not a scholar. It's just I it's something in, I'm in interested in. Yeah. 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 So what I know about witches um is quite along similar kind of lines. Uh I listened to a very very good podcast actually this week, uh podcast episode. The podcast is called Um You're Dead to Me. It's nice. a BBC <laughs> exactly it's good. Um it's a BBC podcast, which I cannot remember the name of the main presenter. I'm really sorry. But every episode is about a different period in history or a different person in history. And it's got a scholar who specialises in that area alongside a comedian um, who offers oh their God, input. It's, it's really good. This. But yeah, so on that episode, they're talking about the origin of witchcraft and various things within it. So what I learned from that, on top of what I already knew, was that the earliest recorded instance of witchcraft recorded instance like it was an actual thing but you know like um story of a witch or someone being accused of being a witch mm. was um about 300 bc Whoa, yeah it's a long-standing geez. tradition and it was in, it was in greece um and also when we did the cersei episode cersei yeah is a witch is a witch is a witch yeah and so, you've got lilith oh God, as well lilith, lilith, yes about, so it's yeah the witchcraft tradition goes back pretty much it's like vampires it goes way way back into the history of time as early as 300 bc carried on um but the biggest um focus on witch activity and witch activity becoming a, a, a an inherently bad thing 
happened between the um, 16th and 17th centuries, mm-hmm. um, which is called the witch craze in this thing I was talking about. Mm. Although it is also cyclical, it's just that records of certain witch trials in like Germany, for example, more elaborate. in around the 1300s, obviously didn't survive in quite the same way. And don't, no. um, there's, a, there's a bit of a sort of uh, Hollywoodification of Pendle and Salem that, um, that I think it's like, it's not Nuremberg, but it's it's Bavaria. Um, there's There were witch trials there in like the 1300s that were, yeah, that were more deadly. There are waves of it because yeah. you see it starting in Europe, um, moving over to the UK, and then obviously as people from the UK moved over to America, then that gets... And there are differences as well, such differences between UK and American witch law mm-hmm. and European law. But the um, this podcast was making some great points about um so at the time that this became such a prominent thing and and the witchfinder general um hmm. whose name i can't remember but like appeared and there were all these trials um it was at the time where and we'll get on to talk about this a bit more later but the women were becoming more and more powerful because yes women oppressed very long time still to a degree but you had Elizabeth I, mm-hmm. woman in power. You had um, Mary, Queen of Scots. You had the first Mary, um, who was, you know, burning heretics. You had mm-hmm. um, various other women. Uh, there was a female ruler of France who was uh, a... Um, she wasn't a queen, but she was a regent. So mm-hmm. women f- more and more coming into their own in positions of power. So the easiest way to demonise women was to literally demonise them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also at this time, it's easier for, there was a belief that women were much more highly sexual than men, which was what you were saying, Alex, mm. about it being a very, you know, them fornicating with the devil and with goats and all this kind of and thing. And that the women were much and... more sexually suggestible than men were. So it was also tied in with sexuality as well. And this podcast is really worth listening to. And I, I won't regurgitate the whole thing, even though I've just chatted for a shit ton of time. Um, but definitely go and listen to it. But yeah, so witchcraft... Big focus, 15th, 16th century. Less so in a negative way later on. But then, of course, that moved into um, spiritualism and mesmerism, which became very popular. So it became less... um, It became more sort of... It became more of a dichotomy with people that supported it and people didn't, because you had um, Blatavaski... I think is how you pronounce her name. The, Natasha, the um, occult, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the occultist, famous yes. mesmerism who founded Theosophy, um, and she was, you know, referred to as the Russian witch, mm. but also was like the head of her own religion essentially. And then, of course, you've got um, Rasputin. I was going to say, yeah, um, you've got there was a definite move towards occultism. Yeah. In the and with the fascination with death and everything in yeah. the nineteenth century. Yeah. In the nineteenth century, yeah. so that it became more weirdly acceptable and sensational but also part of that is because it was it was more um mind-based i think like it was it was it was seen as quite intellectual yes it was also people it, seeking comparat- answers yeah. and so it became more selfish yeah. i suppose like- in comparative to like poor villagers settling disputes and killing cows which is what they previously thought it Yes, yeah. or you claimed that it was. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's that thing of like, it was, yeah, the the occultism and the mysticism was the upper classes' way of 
kind of appropriating knowledge or feeling like they had knowledge that other people didn't have weirdly even though the medicine woman kind of um Mm. healer aspect was something that was very provincial to begin with so it was kind of like an a hey poor people we see you've got this thing we're going to take it we're going to use it because you can't have it what are you talking about rich people never do that (laughs) yeah so like traditionally um witches would be in covens so there would be groups. That's a an interpretation of witchcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In term in terms of like some novels, some like uh, representations, particularly representations. Western interpretations. Yeah, yes. and also like you know they'd meet and then they'd dance around the fire naked and all that stuff. And they'd kiss Satan's bumhole. That was a thing. Oh yes, yes. that was um there, there was a name for it. Um, that was also a great, book, never gonna be a great book called Malleus, Ma- <laughs> Malleus Maleficarum. No bumholes here. No <laughs> bumholes. No bum kissing holes. of Satan's bumhole like, here. Please like, top up my wine. You know, like thinking about groups of women talking about things other than men is somehow seen as a kind of like... Uh... Groups of women generally are a threat. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Well, groups are a threat because yeah. um, the Pendle Witch Trials and the Salem Witch Trials both included men mm-hmm. um, because... I mean, remember the, the one of the only deaths that actually happened in the Salem Witch Trials was Giles, who was crushed to death by the two millstones and everything. So, yeah. Because they're accused of being witches alongside their female counterparts, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, witches, yeah. Well, because it's groups of people that could potentially usurp the current status and often quote. corrupt power. So that's kind of a potted history of witchcraft. There's a lot more in it. We know that. Um, and there are a lot more repti- representations of rectums. witches. Re- there are a lot more rectums. <laughs> there are so There's many rectums. So so many, there are a lot of rectums in yeah, witchcraft. Yeah, there are. A lot of rectums. Um, it's a big thing in mythology. It's a big thing in culture. Like, yeah, the occultism, all this kind of stuff. And um, we could, as Kim just said, go on about that for hours. But witchcraft continues to be portrayed in the media we consume, be it the pop culture and the fictional kind rather than, you know, (gasps) there was a witch trial in Hull. So witches in pop culture now. What are some of our favourite witchy stories, uh, representations? Because they're they're in fucking everything. Mm. They're Mm. all about the shop. I, uh, my first coming across and really enjoying the stories of witches was when I was probably like 12, 13, mm-hmm. and I read a book called Witch Child. And I, <gasps> That's me. such a fucking good it book! It is! It's Sorry. one of my favourite books ever. <laughs> Who wrote it? I can't remember. Celia Reese. Celia Reese. It's one of my favourite books. So fucking good! I love it. Um, and so what really got me is at the start, um, there's like a little um, preface that says... Uh, these sheets of paper were sewn into a duvet or something or found sewn yeah. into a duvet. It's a fake um, diary. It's a fake diary. I feel like I've heard of it or read it and I just... You, prob- you might you see probably it on my have. Like, pretty much, like, I've never... Actually, I've never come across anyone else that has read it. But it, the, the fact that it was prefaced with these these pages have been found sewn into a duvet cover or something like that, it very much kind of felt like, you know, when you watch a film and it said, this footage was found. Um, and then like you, Blair Witch. Yeah, you super, you super, super believe it. And you're like, oh my God, this is real. It's going to hit, like, it really hits you. And it's just the account of a young woman mm. that, like, flees um, because she's been accused of witchcraft. Yeah. Her grandmother was. And um, it's just her life. And I really loved that. 
and something really spoke to me about that book. It is about being an outcast, but it's also about like identity and finding yourself and blah blah. blah. It's YA before YA was YA. It has all the classic themes that that has, that those books have, like that people identify with those books, which I still think they're like, I read young adult novels relatively frequently because yeah, I think I they're really, you know, they're, they're good. It's just good fucking literature. Good literature is good literature. But the point is that it identifies these themes of isolation or feeling different or wanting to fulfill your destiny or, and, so on and so forth and it's it's a really good book for that especially for young women and i remember the reason that i picked it up is that the front cover is just a straight on face of a woman who kind of looks like julia styles beautiful woman and you just kind of think like i I can't remember many books that have that Mm -hmm. that i was like i like that is someone who Mm. kind of looks like me and obviously it's not hard to find people that look like me in a book because I'm, you know, white and blonde. blonde. But at the time... A blonde white woman? What? What? But at the time, as a teenager, to see a book cover that was very clearly aimed at me, not just something that I picked up nearby, like, Mm. that was quite special. And it is, and it's the found narrative, and you feel really, really attached to her, and it's really personal, and it's... I think for a lot of people, it's going to be the first time that you read a narrative that's written like a diary as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's a really good book. Anyway. So Witch Child. Witch Child. Yes. That was, yeah, that was my first kind of uh, step into learning about witchcraft and uh, the history of witches and stuff like that. And so like Kim said, it was really personal. Um and so I suppose I kind of grew a little bit of an infinity towards this idea of like witchcraft and mm. stuff, purely because it was so personal. Mm. Um, and so I then went into my teenage years and was like, oh my God, how amazing would it be to like cast a spell and all this stuff. <laughs> I uh, think all of us at some point have tried to cast a spell. Well, exactly. And you get some oregano and some paprika and some <laughs> lavender and, you know, it doesn't work out. So I suppose more um, modern day... Uh, and we've been talking about this a lot. Maybe not modern day Sabrina is in the new Netflix one. Mm. Big intake. Let's maybe talk about old school Sabrina. Old school Sabrina is the fucking queen. Yes. By which we mean the series, not this graphic novel thing, because we've not read it. No, we yeah. mean we mean Sabrina, the teenage witch, off of Nickelodeon, with Melissa Joan Hart and Salem Saber Hagen the Cat and Harvey Kinkle who. Oh my god, you cake. are like the big like. Bitch, I still have your box set. I'm really sorry. Yeah, Sam has my box set. Like Jesus. I am into Sabrina. I still fucking love it. I mm. may or may not have played Salem in a panto. <laughs> What, the cat? Yeah, it was a really weird... There was, like, a weird subplot where Sabrina and Salem accidentally time travel into Robin Hood. Hang on. What? No. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. I shan't be having this, Henley. Sort your fuck out. Oh, my God. Mm. Is this the other realm? And so I got to play oh, Salem, and that was oh great no. fun. Oh, yeah. that's bad. Yeah. It was really... I, I, I didn't say it was good. I said I did it. Um, yeah. I Maybe just, your sex tape. <laughs> I didn't say it was good. So Sabrina is great. We love Sabrina, the original. 
Okay, so that's 90s. Yeah. 90s. Also, let's not forget The Craft, which I never watched. <gasps> no, really oh my I God. never watched. That was my that was my 12th birthday sleepover film. Fucking Hocus Pocus. We're talking about 90s Halloween. Oh, yeah, which is, We need to talk about Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the fucking jam when it comes to witch films as a kid. It's it was, my, the, it was it's the best. one of my favourite films. It was the best. Ever. Um, I had yes. it recorded on VHS. I cannot tell you the amount of times I watched that fucking film. I had a guinea pig called Thackeray Binks. I also had another one called Max. Oh. You also, I mean... I also dressed up as Billy Butcherson and we all did we, the... We, yes. yeah. We've done... We did the we'll Hocus Pocus on Instagram. We will. Yes, we will. We did the Hocus Pocus group Halloween outfit. We did. Yeah. Hocus Pocus is fucking awesome. Uh, the craft... So, just going back to it for a sec. So, because I never watched it... From what I understand, it was about school witches again in a similar yeah, way to Sabrina, I mean, but it was a bit like sexy. Yeah, looking like... back on it, it was like a bit slutty. Okay. Uh, we don't slut shame. Witches or no? No, I mean mm-hmm. as in like they're trying to portray them as such. Yeah, because I, I think of the I think of the um, promo shot and it's four women in school, in school uniform wearing very small yeah. skirts mm. and knee-high socks and blouses. And, like, and they're portraying 16-year-olds yeah. even though they're probably like 25. In the same way as Mean Girls, yeah. Um, um, I will say, as much as I remember enjoying the film, I really can't remember what happens in it. Buffy. Um, yes. not obviously not Buffy herself Willow. but there was Willow and uh, Ta- Tara yeah, yeah who went out with Xander and then went out with Willow yeah someone went out with the, Willow Willow, Willow uh, oh, and no. Tara went uh, they were a couple yeah someone that went um, out with Xander was also a witch oh yes there was yes. Cornelia Yes. Cornelia, yeah. Who, like, Cordelia. 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 Uh, no, but uh, Cordelia didn't go out with him for a while. There was another woman who used to be like a weird mummy witch. There was a, yeah, but that, no, she was just a mummy who oh, okay. somehow, yeah, that Sorry. was one episode. But yeah, that was a great episode. <laughs> On a side note, I remember I turned around to my mum and went, Mum, am I like Buffy? And she went, No, you're more of a willow. It's not a bad thing. No, I know. And now I'm like, I'm happy about that. But at the time, I was like, I want to be the kick-ass blonde that like not the fucking ginger. (laughs) Not not the one that's the quiet one that like sits at home casting spells. (laughs) Like yeah, I'm a bit sad about that. That I I also think your mum was wrong, but I didn't know you were a child. So I'd just like to mention two other witches that we haven't talked about. Um, that I think one in particular was very formative. Uh, the worst witch and oh my Meg God. and Mog. Meg oh and Mog. God. Sorry, Meg Holly. And Mog. Meg and Mog. Meg and Mog. Yes, absolutely. I'm by which we obviously mean Meg because Mog was the cat. But still. Well, yeah, but the Meg and Mog books were great. Yes, the worst witch was a fucking great TV show. I love the worst witch. Um, and there's like if we delve into it, there are there are a shit ton of witches. Um, the the white witch from not the white witch the um yeah no she's the Belfry witch. witches. That's not what I was saying, but... No, but the Belfry Witch... the wardrobe. Oh, but the Belfry Witches was a BBC or CITV series that had the woman from The Office that's in the new Dawn. Sabrina. Lucy... Uh, I can't remember her surname, but yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in the Belfry Witches when she was a teenager, and then she went to witches. The Office, obviously, which is not witch-related, yeah. and then went to Sabrina, the American Netflix series. So, Worst Witch, mm-hmm. Belfry Witches, yeah. um... 
and then there's also like just any kind of remotely fantasy based series or book or whatever that you can think of mm. has a witch in it and then and then we get into Harry Potter yeah. which is its own thing which is entirely set an entire generation of young people going I want to be a witch where's my letter where's my Hogwarts letter um, yeah. I really want you to rhapsodise about Harry Potter but before you do I just want to get okay. one last thing in there Please which do. is there is a witch that I really love and she's kind of a witch but she's really more of a healing woman blah 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 is is um, Claire from Outlander because that's like a big part of her story is that she gets accused of being a witch and she's a healer and she's a time traveller and all this sort of shit and she's a Never white woman and she's fucking great and Outlander is great and I love it and now you can talk about Harry Potter for the next half hour. Okay? No, that's fine. Look, Outlander's quite a recent thing, though, isn't it? Whereas I don't we were know why. Well, Outlander 90s. is about a woman who time travels back to Scotland in the... Um, what, when? Uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie era. But that is a book that got turned into a series, yes? Yes. Yes. Um, by Amazon and that's a recent thing whereas we're still I think we're still in the 90s well, representations the books, of I mean the books the books have been going on for, oh they've been okay right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I've been reading them only in, in the last few years but the yeah. books themselves have been being published for several years like okay. decades because they're several decades yay big <laughs> um, and by yay big I mean like a chonk. proper chonk um, but anyway now go forth and talk about Harry Potter yes um, so yeah Harry Potter was when did it uh, was it 98 the first book 90, was released yeah I it was 98. late 90 i think it was 98 okay. um but it was set earlier than that biggest fucking series in the world of books yeah it, it's and i suppose like we were lucky that we read well i don't know about you guys but read it before like definitely read it before it became i didn't start reading no, i didn't start reading it until it was book three and when did the films come out oh much uh, 2001 yeah, so out. much like no, like yeah, no. So, hang on, I went to the first film for my twelfth birthday. Yeah, two thousand and one. Wow. So like, my dad read it to me. Um, oh. like we went on. He camping. did the voices. He did the voices, and it was when we didn't know that Hermione was pronounced Hermione. Hermione. Uh, no, Her- Hermione. Hermione. She was called Hermione. She's not like a hemorrhoid. Like, like an STI or some kind of disease or something. <laughs> um, but so we went on camping trips and that's when my dad like read all like the first three books, I think, to us. Um, me and my brother as children. Um, I suppose it's a completely different way of looking at like witchcraft is what, of what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Like it's not evil it's not uh, punishable. Well, there's evil it's and there's, not... there's good and there's evil. That's yeah, the point. Yeah, no, of course, yeah. of course. But um, it's just human nature and humankind and you're born with this and it's internal and you choose how to use it. And I think it's also with Harry Potter, like we could do an entire episode on this. Yeah, we, we probably could. will at we some could. point. Yeah, let's But um, it's... When we talk about witchcraft, which is the theme of this episode... We are therefore then touching on magic, and magic is a key part of the fantasy um, genre, and the fantasy genre is also massive. So it's all it all like trickles out, and like Harry Potter specifically deals with young witches and wizards. Yeah, and like they class them as as gender as well. Yeah, they're gendered. Yeah, yeah, witches, wizards, warlocks, whatever. Blah, 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 yeah, um, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and majors. That, maybe that's a representation of the fact that it was published uh, when 
maybe you know we're a little bit more okay with gender lines being a bit more blurred but also it's yeah it's, it's this word it's the word witches that we're we're concerned with because the word witches is, is as we've said quite literally demonized but this magic theme like the royal uh royal astrologer was a thing until much later on and yeah um, um i mean James of... the First was obsessed with fucking witches. Not yeah, fucking them, but, but just... um... <laughs> he was fucking obsessed with witches. Whoever the French contemporary of uh, Elizabeth the First was oh, had probably Bruno Charles. as his yeah Charles the Second, I think. Yeah, um, his court astrologer, and he got exiled from France and came to England because of accusations of witchcraft. Because this he was thing, using maths. There's a difference, isn't there, between between witchcraft and magic and this like. It's so. It's such a complicated thing in terms of how people see it because yeah, we, we'll be like, as we say, with with the Harry Potter generation, we'll be like, fucking yeah, witches are amazing. Fifty years ago, if someone mm. went, I wish I was a witch, you'd be like, mm. but at the time that Harry Potter was a thing, I read the Doomspell trilogy, <gasps> which is so fucking Cliff, great, uh, Cliff, Cliff McNish, yes, and that is also about children that get magic, but. And, and witches and shit and my yeah it's normal it's fine um, it's fine diamonds Alex was showing me the bottom of her glass which uh, is not only empty but has like little <laughs> bits of wine residue in it it's fine um, yeah Cliff McNish Doomspell Trilogy magic witches awesome fucking love it while you were talking I was thinking about um, other other witches that affect me and like my witch face <laughs> Which wasn't necessarily a witch phase, except that after I read read Witch Child, I got really into the Salem Witch Trials, obviously. Um, But also I distinctly remember, and it was around the same time that Harry Potter was coming out, that I was really, really, really into Hecate, Mm -hmm. off of the Greek myths. Um, Hecate, she's like she's the mother of... um... Oh god. Yeah, no. Carry she, on. I mean she has a lot of different myths associated what? with her, but essentially she was uh considered mother like of a witches. goddess of witchcraft or mother mother of witches or maybe a really powerful witch, maybe a goddess. Shakespeare talks about her a lot. Yeah, and um she's pretty fucking cool. And in particular the representation of her in the uh Disney Channel cartoon <laughs> series <laughs> of Hercules, not the film. She's pretty cool in that. She has blue flame hair. She kinda looks like Hades, but a girl. I understand what you guys are saying about Harry Potter and how like global it is. Obviously, it's a global sensation. It's the biggest series in the world. The Not sensation. denying that. That's fine. But I, I don't think it's solely responsible for an acceptance of witchcraft oh, in no. the modern era. No, we're not saying. No, that. but I also I do think that like it's a really interesting thing to consider as we go into the second half in a minute, um, when we talk about like the kind of rise of witchy stuff in this day and age. But before we do that, I think it's probably time for us to have a break. I agree. And we are back with our second wine of the evening to talk about witches with. So what wine do we have now, Kim? Okay, so we have um, Backup Booze, which is called Lachez-vous. It's a Grenache Lachez-vous. Syrah. 
Um, I bought it at Majestic Warehouse. It is a French wine. It is red. Um, and it's not really related to witches at all, except that it is kind of to do with like breaking social norms and breaking the way that things are done. Like that's the, the impetus behind how the wine is made, um, which I like. I really like. Plus it's a full bodied red, which I also think just works for October in general. Yes. Um, it also has one of my favourite final lines of a description ever. Please share. Let's so, cutting through the red tape of French wine law, this is a modern blend of the very best Grenache and Syrah from across France. With lashings of juicy raspberry, strawberry and sweet spice, Lachez-vous or cut loose is an, is an homage to the rebellious, free-spirited winemaking of the Languedoc, Languedoc region. Um, great with pretty much everything except fish. It's awful with fish. Is that what it says? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just... I admire the brutal honesty. It just speaks to my heart a little bit. And I was just like, yeah. I right laughed when I read it. But not fish. Yeah. So. Right. Should we say cheers to not fish? Cheers to not fish. I will cheers definitely say fish. cheers to not fish. Are, we, are you vegan, Alex? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shocker. Woohoo! Mm. It's so much nicer than the first wine. It's definitely a coater. Right, you can all leave because I'm going to take this rest of this wine to bed. I actually quite like this wine. Mm, it's a good one. This is a good one. Also, I really, I didn't take many pictures of the bottle for this one because I wasn't really planning on drinking it. Um, but it's it's got a really gorgeous bottle and it's a, a picture of a man like cutting through red tape but the blade of his like blade is <laughs> is like slightly shiny and I just oh, yeah. I keep catching it also in the light. he's in some sort of like 20s flat cap um, and suspender situation suspenders mm-hmm. is in trousers not <laughs> stockings should point out imagine if he was like, that'd be a great wine I, bottle oh man it'd be the frankenfurter bottle is what yeah. we'd be on also the red tape stuff I don't know it looks a bit it looks like horror. innards to it's me like yeah. 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 When I, I, I see the link with the not that it was intentionally linked but there no. is a link with the, what we're talking about I knew yeah. that I had it and so I was sort of prepared to link it to what we were talking about tonight anyway on the note of witches however oh. do we have a favourite witch aside from the aforementioned Sabrina Melissa Jane Hart version mm-hmm I don't necessarily have, I think, a favourite, but I have one that I like that we haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. which is that we haven't talked about Charmed, mm-hmm. the never um, OG Charmed. You've never watched it. Nope. Channel 5. Nope. Holly Marie Combs. <sighs> you saying Alyssa Milano. Doesn't it change about seen? What's her name? Off of Nine Shannon Doherty, that's her name. Charmed in itself, I really, really enjoy. I've always really enjoyed it. And my favourite character in Charmed was Phoebe, who's one of the sisters, um, and she's played by Alyssa Milano. And she's the one that has psychic visions and she she's always in the sort of earlier um series she feels bad about the fact that she has what is called a passive power. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um in that she can't she like uh, her other sisters like can freeze shit and move shit and blow shit up and she sees visions that she very often can't do anything about. And um, later on in the series, she becomes, um, she reveals that she also has empath powers, which means that she, you know, is very attuned to people's really, um, feelings, but it's it's more extreme because it's magical and etc. Um, I love her for many different reasons. Number one is that she, she has this passive power, but she also teaches herself self-defense because she wants to be like, she wants to be able to defend herself and be useful in a fight she has these empath powers which i always kind of like 
I have been called an empath on more than one occasion. Um, and I, I just, I just love her. And she's a writer in the show. She's a younger sister and then she gets turned into a middle sister. She's just very like free spirited, but also really just really quite emotional and caring and supportive and just, she's just all around good. Plus she's played by Alyssa Milano, who's real pretty. Alex, who's your favourite witch? I really don't know, but do you know what witch I really enjoy? Uh, that was the, the room on a broom witch. Sorry, what? Room on a broom. The room on a broom. Yeah, have you? It's like a children's book. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so there's a witch that has a broom, and, she's and there's a room like, on it. Yeah, there's room on it, so she picks up different animals, and then suddenly it gets too full, oh. and she starts to think. No, she's a very caring witch and lovely. Um, I have, you know, we've spoken about Sabrina and all that, and Harry Potter. Obviously, I love Harry Potter and everything. Um, but as a different spin, Room on a Broom, which I enjoy her. Excellent. Okay, good. Mine, I think it's difficult because there are so many witches and so many things. Books, films, TV. We've mainly spoken about film and TV. There are also book witches. Mm. Um, but one that I really enjoy, and I think it's primarily because I enjoy the actress. But um, in the new series of Sabrina, which is the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is more yes, which is on Netflix and are more closely related to the original Sabrina comic series, the new Sabrina comic series, the new Sabrina comic series. There is a witch in it who is actually a well, whether she's a witch or not, I don't know, but she's a demon who takes over the body of Sabrina's favorite teacher. I knew you were going to say this. Yes, you did. And you know why. I do because know why. she's played by Michelle Gomez. Mm-hmm, and Michelle yeah. Gomez is a fucking G. And I love her. Um, but so the it turns out that the character... Shall I... Kim, you haven't seen more of it? I, 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 no, I read ahead. Okay, fine, good. Um, so, spoilers. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that in the series that this character Michelle Gomez is playing is actually uh, Lilith. Um, who is the first wife of Adam, who was um, uh, in the Old Testament and is particularly popular in um, the Jewish faith. Not popular, but prevalent in the Jewish faith and kind of got written out of the Christian side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And is also in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Um, The witch in that is supposedly descended from Lilith, whereas humans are descended from Eve. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is... Michelle Gomez is meant to be Lilith and she's grooming Sabrina to take over as the protege of Satan so that she can move up and become Satan's bride. Um, and I really enjoy her because Michelle Gomez is fucking great. And one of, I think a particular reason that I love this character is not just because she is a really good actress and it's a really good twist on witches and, and that whole thing, but also because I remember reading an interview with Michelle Gomez years ago when she was just after she came out of Greenway, um, before she went into Doctor Who, I think. And mm. she said, with a face like this, I'm destined to play bitches or witches. Great yeah. line. And I was true. like, that's, yeah. and, and it's fucking true. So I think I love she, her, is, she yeah. is, great. So I think she's one of my favourites, but I think that's more the actress. Yeah, I think so. I just have one last thing to inject and then we'll move on because you said the word popular and we haven't mentioned it yet. Mm. Wicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Glinda, Garlinda, and um, Effie. 
Uh, clearly great, brilliant witches. We love them. I spoke then a bit about the recent reworking of Sabrina to be more like the newer graphic novels and the newer comics. Um, and I think there has been another... Well, actually, I don't know if, if a shift is the right word, but witches continue to be popular. Mm. Popular. Why do we think witches are popular? Do we think there has been a shift in the way in which we deal with witch stories and witchcraft? Yes. Okay. Sorry, Alex. I have thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a little sit back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little. So I... Sam kind of disagrees with me because I think you guys, maybe because of Harry Potter, believe that witches have been popular for a long time. Mm. Whereas I believe that in the last year, maybe two, there I have seen an increase in literature around witchcraft and TV shows around witchcraft and witches being cool again and it being like the cool thing to be involved in spells and shit like that. And... I'm referencing books like like Cersei, like uh, The Familiars, which I read recently, which is um, a fake true account of the Pendle Witch Trials. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, breaking record, I'm going to keep talking about them. Um, there is the sort of Jessie Burton kind of vibe of everything. Uh, a lot of her books kind of touch on that. And... Um, the one who's like Jesse Burton, whose name I've forgotten. But that kind of... The very gorgeously illustrated hardcovers with all the like herbs and the foxes and all this sort of stuff. There has been a real, real trend of those books creeping up. And on top of that, there has been books about about the... F- the history of witches creeping up like there's been books about the Salem witch trials there's been books about um the Pendle witch trials there's been books about the history of witches there has been uh there's a non-fiction book called witches sluts feminists which is about uh, i haven't read it yet but i've i've heard a lot about it which is about um the those three terms being used at different stages in history to be to mean the same thing about women in a derogatory way like first they were witches and we would persecute them for that then they were in the sort of 1900s um onwards they were sluts particularly sort of 50s and onwards and now like feminism feminist can be that dirty word like obviously we don't believe that feminism is a dirty word but it definitely is used as oh she's a feminist and like it's used in that same like in certain cultures tarring with that same brush um i also think like you've got the chilling adventures of sabrina um there's definitely a lot of other tv shows where witchiness and i think it coincides a little bit with the weird grittiness of every tv show ever now but witchiness is more and more prevalent and becoming more and more like cool and identification with and i think you only need to look at the difference of opinion about Melisandre and Game of Thrones moving on to like how we feel about the same kind of characters in in other shows like The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina um, that it's only been a couple of years and that shift is really different and I think that it started probably has been in the same way that we've talked about how these things trickle down 
Um, it probably started a while ago, but it's different. It's not in the um, slightly oh, the more heartwarming, aspirational, jolly good fun way of Harry Potter. And I know there's a lot of darkness in Harry Potter, but it's definitely meant to be a bit more sort of whimsical originally. Compa- it's more it's more dark and it's more subversive and it's definitely in my opinion got a real feminist bent to it a lot of the books that i have read in this vein and particularly i'm thinking about the familiars is it's that giving a voice to these women that didn't have voices for so long whereas i think which which i think is very different to the way that harry potter represents witches versus the way that something like the familiars or even sabrina represents witches where it's not about point of you know point of wand and there's a spell and everything's great it's it's more about like surviving in the real present world with a skill and an outlook that makes you a threat or that is different it's a little bit more realistic as it were and i think probably more in tune with the idea of being a a female scientist in the 1800s you know like uh a radical thinker now uh you know a subversive woman in the middle east like it's you are not so different that you are unrecognizable as a as a person in the real world you just think differently and have a different skill and you're willing to use it now i think it's all about escapism to be honest i think you know we spoke we got really excited about witch child and the fact that this woman that we're reading about or 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 like young woman like teenager um you know it was a way of finding yourself and escaping the world that she was in and therefore we read into it like escaping the world we were in i think you know you spoke about harry potter but everyone kind of like to an extent wants that letter to appear and go actually you're not just the normal person that you thought you were there's so much more out there and like you can you are part of this world Mm. so it's escapism again um you know even sabrina she finds out at 16 um actually you're a witch and all these things that you thought were abnormal are not like it's something beyond what is real um and that's really exciting i think the reason that witchcraft and magic has become so popular at the moment is because there's this whole trend of wellness and there's this whole trend of like actually you know think beyond who you are as a person in the everyday world and also think beyond boredom Mm. and people are just kind of seeking out that and that is for me why it's become popular what i find interesting about what both of you have just talked about in terms of representations of witchcraft and that kind of thing be it yes harry potter and the earlier things and kim you were talking about the more recent um not depictions depictions is better yes um is at no point is anyone talking about witchcraft as a solution and i'm not saying that in a um 
we should all turn to Wicca and like that kind of thing. It's more no, that it is a religion as well. No, no, yeah, no, I know. It's it's the the thing I'm trying to get at is that we are continually fascinated by witchcraft, be it modern stories, older stories, whatever. But in none of these stories, I don't think in any of these cases. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Is it none of these is is the solution? Witchcraft Mm. or magic. These are all stories or experiences. Even you know the witch trials, um, the witch craze in Europe, like all these kind of tales. None of these are positing magic as the answer. Yes, I completely agree with you. They are dealing with various aspects of witchcraft. I think, or witches in various representations mm. and power mm-hmm. in certain ways, but in none of them is this idea of magic and witchcraft and power the 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 end goal. It, it it's more like um like an ingredient, a galvanization. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see yeah, what I, I mean? Yeah, I do, and I and, and that feeds yeah. into kind of what I was saying about I think nine times out of ten all these depictions it comes from the human being yes aspect. yes and so, it's rooted in a humanity yeah. and it's rooted in human struggle and to attribute a supernatural power to that is to diminish the human struggle and i think if to do that gives you a story or a narrative let's take sabrina for example where um she's torn in the duality between the fact she's half human and she's half um uh, witch or immortal or whatever um, she could bewitch Harvey to love her. She could do all these things. Like, if, if you were lazy in your storytelling, if you were lazy in the way these things are done, you can fix the problem immediately. But people aren't looking to witchcraft for a fix. No, they aren't no. looking for a solution. They are looking, as you say, for a deeper understanding of what nature. it is to be human and what it is to struggle. And if potentially this thing was taken away, what would happen? Like, mm. it, it, it's a deeper investigation into into human thinking and psyche and also going back to something that we mentioned at the very very start of the episode um this idea of the covens and sisterhood narrative of witchcraft covens are a huge thing which is women generally there are male witches in iceland um the witch trials they had there 92 percent of the people or 94 percent is between 92 and 94 can't remember the exact number but of the people who were accused of being witches were men so it's actually not just women but traditionally in England and the US, um, witchcraft is a predominantly female thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And covens and women banding together to become stronger is a problem. And this is also a th- another reason of why I think it's become more popular now or be- why it's building in, in popularity is because, as we've spoken about on previous episodes women building up women women Mm. creating community societies within themselves is increasing in popularity is increasing in frequency and i think that's reflected in what happened or or what is feared about witchcraft or what was feared about witchcraft in the first first place is that you've got groups of women assembling to do things and obviously and back in the day obviously they were assembling to fuck goats and kiss satan's bumhole mm. that is all they were doing <laughs> whereas oh, now they are assembling to actually fucking change things yeah. and i think that's another part of the activism yeah and i think it's really interesting to think about that in if you think about some of the uh critical moments in history that sort of are widely known 
uh, the French Revolution, one of the uh, great, I don't mean it like it was awesome, I just mean like big deal things that happened was the March of the Wives for fucking bread where they nearly tried to like kill Marie Antoinette in Versailles. Yeah. Like it is women banding together that people are really fucking scared of. Yeah. Witches no. get stuff done. <laughs> Which is being Which is efficient. <laughs> Mic drop. So what I think is a fair, fair conclusion to take from this is that magic and witchcraft is an expression of power. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's fair to say that in this society that we are living in now, that part of the attraction for women when it comes to stories of witchcraft and witches is is about power and assertion of strength of, and of that strength. Yeah. Yes. 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 Great. Hundred percent. What about you, Alex? Oh, that was that was short. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We can do brief. We can do it. Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. I. Um. From everything we spoke about from the from the early like. 300 BC or whatever you said yeah. to modern day talking about like Netflix and shit like that um, I definitely relate to women that have their stand in the world and feel that they uh, have some kind of power regardless of if it's like actual supernatural power or power within themselves and I yeah. think actually power within themselves is probably universal regardless of if it's actually supernatural or not um, yeah. and I think yeah. which I think witchcraft allows women to exist in a sphere outside society in a yeah. powerful way yeah. which has not always been accessible to them which is why it's endured I completely and, agree and, and why I related it, relate to it so much yeah. and really enjoy it and mm-hmm. A big advocate, like I mean, I love Harry Potter, and I know it's like a bit cushiony, and like you know, it's very like, easy magic. Yeah, there is easy magic. Up, there it's is easy magic, but at the same time, like it's a coming of age kind of mm-hmm. series, and I find that exciting. And yeah, I, I think everything to do with magic is exciting, and well done for every author and TV and film or whatever. So that brings us to the end of the episode. We don't have a book or a film or anything as such to rate, but we do have two bottles of wine. So the first bottle of wine that we're going to rate, Kim? Was the Terre de Lune by uh, Domaine Le Yes. Still yet to say it. So the... um, Remé Jean. Vegan, etc. Yes, the the moon bottle. Moon bottle. Um, The moon bottle. um, I'm going to go first because I can. And I thought it was fine. Um, if you asked me to name a tasty red, I wouldn't. Ta- I wouldn't name this. I think it was fairly like the fact that there was no scent felt a bit weird. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with um, two grapes. It well, it didn't. It, I didn't hate it. I also just wouldn't actively go and find it i hated it oh you hate <laughs> wow it. yeah i'm so sorry Pray on i'm mine. so sorry i like i drank it because i'm me and i will drink every booze always um i it's sure. it smelled like bins it like i just i really didn't like it at all like i would literally give it a 0.5 grape oh <gasps> 
0.5 that's one of your that that I might know. be your lowest that, that is, is the it lowest is, it is the lowest that is the lowest great rating that we have had we've never I had a naught like, in fact a naught would be we never finish it I, I almost like downed it because I didn't want to drink anymore Kim I thought it was fine I <laughs> <laughs> this is a very divisive bottle of wine <laughs> I really it, it didn't have a scent which was weird yeah that was weird um it was one of those it was one of those top note wine ones where you drink it and all Crayons. the flavor all the flavor is in your mouth and then you swallow and then it's gone and you don't remember what it tastes like and mm. everything and mm-hmm. it's just gone mm-hmm. and that's not how i like to drink my wine i think that it's probably like a 2.53 so i'm going to go with three seems high three yeah. seems high i'm gonna go with 2.5 grapes it wasn't bad it wasn't good and i'm def in fact no i'm definitely giving it 2.5 because i haven't told you guys how much i paid for it yet please tell us how much yeah, 0.5. please say it was 24 quid 28 pounds oh fuck off no oh my god no and the second bottle which i think we all preferred despite oh, yeah. not being the wine we intended um we yeah, intended the bottle the bottle of the first one clearly matched better to Perfect. the topic. Yes. The taste of the second wine, in my it's personal opinion. It's very nice. For a second bottle, when normally we just go, fuck it, we'll have what we want, this was much nicer. Mm. Who who would like to go first? I will say, I, you know, not a fan of red wine. After that shitty blanc <laughs> that you picked very well. Um, I'm going to go for a three. I enjoyed nice. it. Nice. I enjoyed Good it. Times. Three, it a nice. 0.5 to a three. Yeah. Is this a it was, comparable you know number? Honestly, it was really tasty. Okay, I fine. really enjoyed fine. it. It was fine. Kim, how about you? Solid four. I am much more critical when it comes to red than white because a good red, I'm like, fuck yeah, put it in my face and all over me. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, this was a good red not a fantastic red um i am going to go with a three okay i retract 3.5 okay let's 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 so definitely i definitely drink this again let's so yeah i'd have have this over the others how much Um, was this one don't remember suspect it was about eight oh bug so that brings us to the end of this week's show. If you have enjoyed listening and you are listening on an Apple device, please don't forget to give us a rating out of five and also maybe leave us a review because we love to know what you think. If you'd also like to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter, we are at Grape Culture Pod, or we're on Instagram at Grape Culture Podcast, or you can also send us an email. We are grapeculturepodcast at gmail.com. We will be back in two weeks' time and we will have a brand new episode for you. And uh, in two weeks, it's going to be all about true crime and women in true crime as well, isn't it, Kim? Wee! Wee! In the meantime, have a fantastic Halloween and thank you from everyone here at Grape Culture for listening. Bye! Bye. Happy Halloween! <laughs>